What's this? A recap for Saturday's games. Yeah, it is. Weird schedule. So I'm doing it today. I was going to do this tomorrow, but it doesn't matter because we're here now. Saturday's 12 games recap. Fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm not a cat pervert. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball. On TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanjul.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Yes. Again, I was going to do this um, on Sunday where there are no games and I was going to get up and do that show, but... You know the story about my car getting smashed in. I've got to go take it for repairs on that day. And I got home and there was a little bit of time. And I thought, all right, well, I can actually just roll this out today with 12 games on for Saturday. Get the recap in. We did the week seven preview show earlier today. So we did that. I even had a a beer going as well. I had the beer ready to go. And thought, you know what? Let's bring it up into the studio. Let's get loose. Let's knock back a few pints. And let's uh, talk fantasy basketball here on a Saturday with the 12 games. I'm not going to do the full show. I'm not going to do waiver wire trends. Probably not even going to do lines tonight. Just going to bang out the 12 recaps and uh, get a little bit of something out there for you guys. So let's just go straight in now. Let's look at the first one. It was an early one. The Golden State Warriors. We also might do a recap on industry pickup at the end of the show as well. I think we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. If I remember. Um, the Warriors lose to the Clippers. Did they, did they... Well, the Clippers didn't win. The Warriors lost because the Warriors are... Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're struggling, aren't they? 113, Clippers 112, Golden State. Obviously, no Chris Paul and Cardor legend Andrew Wiggins was out of this one. Also, Steph is sort of doing Steph stuff. He wasn't particularly efficient here. He had 22, 4, and 11 on 37%, 39, uh, sorry, 39% shooting, 37 minutes. And even Draymond got into it, 21, 9, and 4 with four threes. I don't get that out of Draymond very much. If Draymond's on your wire, you add him. And then it's just a bunch of stuff where you go, oh, yeah, that's cool, but, but, that, but is it real? And the answer is probably not. We've got 37 Brandon Pajemski minutes. And this guy, I think, in the future is going to be a real fantasy asset. Think De'Anthony Melton, but better. 12, 6, and 3, 1 steal, 2 blocks, and 2 threes. And for some of you, De'Anthony Melton might not be high praise. But in terms of an ability to contribute across the board, that is, like, this is a top 50-ish fantasy future producer, I reckon, Pajemski. 37 minutes here, but Wiggins and Paul, that's 50-plus minutes that aren't going to be available most nights. So Pajemski, you could stream, but also with everything that we talk about today, if they're not playing IST, the stream value of them is not there. So the Warriors aren't in the quarterfinals, so you'd be streaming on an 11-day Wednesday, 11-game Wednesday, and a 13-game Friday. And would you even get Pajemski into your lineup? And would Wiggins and Paul be healthy? Maybe. And it might not be. It just might be a complete waste of your time. It's more what we watch for. And then Moses Moody... Played 32 minutes, had 21, 5, and 2, 2 steals and 2 threes. Now, I don't think that Moody's game is anywhere near as good as Pajemski's from a fantasy point of view, but I do think that he's a starter caliber level player in the NBA, and he got to the line 10 times. We watched that one. They changed the starting center up. 20 minutes for Sharich as the new starter, or Kavon Looney played 18. 
Neither guy did well. You don't need Looney in a 12-team league. Sharich, I think you can have, but it's going to be back and forward. And then Clay Thompson. Again, always the volume is looking all right. 17 points to four threes for Clay. Am I going to do it? I know it will annoy people, but let's do it. No, no, we're not, not quite. Let's do it now. The volume is okay. 17 points and four threes for Clay with six rebounds, but the efficiency just isn't there. 39 from the field. He is playing well, and he should be on a 12-team roster, but I don't think we get that old clay back or even necessarily start of last season or sorry end of last season clay I'm, I'm not I'm not sure it might but I'm not 100% convinced they've got a lot of questions to answer John Kamiga was great last game for the Warriors he had six points in 16 minutes here and he cannot get any consistency at all for the Clippers what I love about this game for the Clippers is I think it gives us a perfect encapsulation of how it can work Paul George, who'd been really down in usage, played got 24 usage, 17 shots. 25, 6, and 6, 4, 3, shot 47%. So nothing outrageous in terms of shots, minutes, usage, efficiency. That's just what he can do. Jim Harden played 35 minutes, had a usage of 22. 21, 5, and 9 with two threes, shot 50%. Maybe he can do this. It's possible. I think we'd want probably a little bit more out of Kawhi, who only had 22 usage, but 39 minutes, 20 and 8, 7 assists with two threes and 56%. That puts all of these guys top 50, probably top 30, if they can continue with this number. They haven't figured it out. It's been back and forward all over the shop. But that's a good sign. Zubat's played the 23 minutes, had some foul trouble, but he is playing much better with Harden. 12 and 7 with three blocks. That's eliminating Daniel Tice or pushing Tice more to deep leagues. Although, if you look at Tice's numbers here, they're fine. 12 and 4 with one steal and two blocks, but that is the Zubat's foul trouble issue. And then Westbrook, this is why I don't believe he's master roster. 19 minutes, 8, 6, and 2. And you'll say, well, one of those starters might get injured, Josh, and that is completely true. That that is 100% true. They might. But is Westbrook actually good enough that you hold through the inconsistencies and the nothingness like this, where he's 196 over the last two weeks, to be, what, the 90th best player if someone gets hurt? Is that worth it? To me, the answer is no. To you, it might be yes. Because you know you love Westbrook and you remember all the old days. I, I just don't see it there for him. I don't think we need to hold Norman Power 12 points, but the minutes were good while Terrence Mann had three and 24. They are just stream guys. But again, the blanket statement for this week, streaming doesn't mean that much for teams that aren't in the in-season tournament. And a stash of Powell or Mann doesn't really make a ton of sense. I don't think that big opportunity is opening up. Kobe Brown continues to be in the roster ahead of PJ Tucker. The next game, game two, the Minnesota Timberwolves get the win over the Hornets. They go really heavy into the rotation with no Anthony Edwards. We saw last game, Nikhil Alexander-Walker go crazy, and then he played 30 minutes here and had 6-2-2. Two, and two. So I guess that one game was completely pulled out of his ass. I, I would guess so. I guess you can consider streaming him, but again, guess what? The Timberwolves aren't in the tournament, so no value in that. Troy Brown started 9-3 and three in 32 minutes. He's the guy they're going to with Ant out. And Kyle Anderson, a better game. 26 minutes, 11-6-4. That's really good. It's much better. But it's like one good game out of four. No streamability this week. I wouldn't bother adding him. Gobert dropped in 26 and 12 with three blocks. And Townsie had 28, 7 and 5 with good efficiency, really ramping it up the last few games without Anthony Edwards. Conley, 14, 5 and 10 is strong. And then we got the, the big fella, the Wizard of Nos, Nas Reed. 23, 5 and 2 with three threes in 25 minutes. That's really good. That's a fantastic 12-team line. But there's not enough consistency or not enough for me to care and stash him throughout this week. It's not good enough. He's too up and down, and he's more of a 14-team guy than a 12-teamer. For the Hornets, what we thought would happen with the absence of Lamelo Ball has happened. It's just, although they're top six guys, getting the 12-team value. 
So if PJ Washington or Gordon Haywood or Brandon Miller or less likely um, Terry Rogier are on your waiver wire, you add them. Washington, 18-7-5 with four threes, 31 minutes. Played a lot of backup center, even with Big Dick Nick back from his concussion. Rogier, 23-6-7 with three threes. Good numbers. Gordy Haywood. Remember we put him under the lens and I said, look, this stuff that is happening for him, he's not shooting 10% because Miles Bridges is there. This is going to revert. It, it's not good, but it's well, actually it is good. 64%, but it's going to revert. We ride with Gordon Haywood. 17-2-3 with two steals. Miles Bridges, I don't think he has stepped up without Lamelo Ball. 22-3-4 with two threes is fine, but the efficiency is down because he is relatively dependent as a player. He's not a huge self-creator. He's not going to create much for others. He really does, I think, need LaMelo Ball there to bump his numbers. He's still going to be putting up good numbers, but he didn't go, all right, ball's gone. I'm going to take over everything. It hasn't really worked that way. 36 minutes for Brandon Miller, 14-5-3. and three. Didn't shoot very well. He's the least priority between Washington, Rosier, Hayward, Bridges, but we still go with him. And then it wasn't a great game from Mark Williams. Now, he did foul out, but he got to 29 minutes, so that didn't impact too much there. 11-6 and six with nothing else, but he's obviously better than that. And Nicky Richards had nine minutes for four points. If Richards pushes up and plays more, will that impact Washington? Will it impact Williams? Or will they keep Nick as like a 10-minute guy? When we talked in the preseason to Doug Branson about the Hornets, he was like, I'm really confident that Williams gets 28-30. to 30, And if they play PJ at small ball, it's going to be big dick Nick that suffers. And that's what we saw here. Let's see whether that is actually something that continues on through the other, um, through the other games. Today's episode is brought to you by the Jace case from Jace Medical. Sometimes we have to think about bad things. It's just it's true, right? We have to prepare for scenarios that we don't want to. And pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the winter season or getting into the winter season here in America where bacterial infections can often spike. You wouldn't want to feel that helpless scenario where you've got to run around trying to get that medication, especially if you're in a remote location, for someone in your family or your kids, and you just can't get access to it. The Jace case provides five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, maybe around the holidays, STDs, who knows, among other things. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com, get a physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by that board physician, board certified physician, and then your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. We go in now to the third game of the day, and uh, yeah, the Nets just smacked it down on the Magic here, one twenty nine, one hundred one. In large part due to Mikael Bridges going crazy. Let's talk Nets. Oh, let's talk. Sorry, let's talk Magic first. No, uh huh. Today because they didn't win. Good game from Franz though, twenty and seven with five assists. He's been playing really, really well. Actually, thirtieth best player over the last two weeks. And Paolo had nineteen, ten and eight, and hit his free throws. Not his field goals, but he's also been playing really well. Cole Anthony stunk last game. But this game, back in business, 20-5 and five on 50% shooting. He was also a team worse, minus 32. We have absolutely no idea when Markel Fultz is returning, so we just keep going with Cole Anthony until Fultz is back. Not a good game from Suggs. He had foul trouble. He played 22 minutes, 7 points with 2 assists. He's been, as a general rule, really, really strong, but just wasn't, wasn't having it here. While bench scoring efficiency legend Mo Wagner had 18 points on 9 shots, 22 minutes, 2 threes. Now, I know there is this large, large sentiment. Well, the, the Magic are winning, Josh, so they're just going to keep Goga starting and Wendell will come off the bench and they'll take Wagner out of the rotation. I don't believe that is true. 
Mo Wagner, three points in 15 minutes. And part of the reason I don't believe it is true. A, but Dudzie was has been the third string center. He's been fine as a starter. But they are playing him reserve minutes. He is not playing 30 minutes a night outside of like two games. So they're not like, wow, Goga's doing everything. We need to rely upon him in all situations. And the value that Wagner gives for a team that does sometimes lack offense and scoring and shooting, Wagner's efficient second unit scoring is really important. I wouldn't say we dropped Goga, but I do think that when Wendell returns, Goga has going to be in the Omo Yetseven and move from starter to third string. I do think that's still going to happen. I don't think we'll get many people talking about Badadze starting after registering three points in 15 minutes today, but it was a popular sentiment out there. The other one is Anthony Black, who continues to do not very much, a 2% usage. Tom Thibodeau looks at him and goes, man, can you come be a center? That's an amazing number. Two points in 19 minutes for Black, Mr. Black, for the Nets. Got a couple of things to talk about here. Let's talk Bridges. 35 minutes, 42, 5, and 3, 1 steal, 3 blocks, 3, 3, 60% shooting. That's unbelievable. I think he had 25 in the first quarter. He was a, an amazing 15 of 18 from the line. And finally, we got last season's Bridges back after a really, really slow start. 35th ranked on the season, but he's up to 22nd over the last two weeks. So that's good news. What frustrates me from this team, and I said this the other day about Cam Thomas, and you go, oh, you just hate him, Josh, you hate her. They won the game, I know. But Bridges was cooking, and Cam Thomas took more shots than Mikael Bridges, despite shooting 30% from the field. I don't get it. I know Bridges ended up, not Bridges, Thomas ended up with... 20 points. He played 38 minutes on his second game back. That minutes restriction lasted one game. Um, and to Cam Thomas' immense credit, he had four threes, he had seven rebounds and five assists, which is fantastic. It just always, it's a very weird scenario to see him just dominate the shot attempts when someone else is absolutely cooking. Now, Bridges did have more usage because he got to the line more, but more shot attempts still went to Thomas. Obviously, we're rostering Thomas. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be field goal percentage issues, but loving that he's able to bring rebounds and assists into it. Dennis Smith did the sort of thing that we thought, hey, maybe you can do this more often. 21 minutes, 10 and 11, six assists, two steals and a block. Love that. And that brings us into the update on Ben Simmons. When Ben Simmons got hurt initially, his agent's like, yes, he's got to be free days, mate. Just free. He'll be back pretty soon, mate. Won't be long at all. And I did the thing that I find very hard to do when I said, bullshit you're wrong. He's going to be out longer. And we set him out for a month. Now, that's got a real risk of coming up and ripping my guts out. Like, that could be all over for me. Not all over, but you know what I mean? Like, I could be like, well, Josh, they told you. But that was an easy one. That was an easy call. And I don't know if or when Ben Simmons returns. I got no idea. He had an epidural procedure to relieve the pressure on his back. And I just feel that his back is rooted. It's not great. If you want to move on from Ben Simmons, do it. Do it. I have no faith in him coming back. Also, don't make the pregnancy epidural joke. It's 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 not funny. It's not. An epidural is actually a really painful thing. It's like a big sort of big thick-ass needle that goes directly into your spine to put painkillers straight in there to block the pain at the source, at the nerve. It's a big-ass straight into your back, into your spine, into your spinal cord. It's big. And it's one of those things where the pain is so bad that they've got to get it directly into the source. Not medication orally, not IV, not IM, into your spine. That's what it is. And I know most people have only ever heard it through pregnancy. That's that's what an epidural is. So yeah, I don't think we're seeing Simmons anytime soon. Claxton, 24 minutes, not a great game. He had some foul trouble, six and seven. That meant that we got a little bit more from Royce O'Neal, who had only three points. The uh, two-point percent is legend. Uh, Royce O'Neal had seven assists. And with Simmons still out, 
O'Neill can provide at least 14 team value with his assists, and that helps float Dinwiddie's numbers too, as well as Smith as a streamer. But of course, these guys aren't in the tournament, so Smith is and O'Neill aren't going to be worth it for you next week. Dinwiddie had 22, 4, and 3. It's going to be an up and down scenario for him, absolutely. But as long as Simmons is out, Dinwiddie's going to be going to be worth using. We can see that Claxon had that foul trouble because we got 24 Dayron Sharp minutes. Now, remember, when Claxon was injured, Dayron Sharp played three minutes. But in this one, he had uh, five and six with uh, 100% shooting in those 24 minutes. That is three games down. Let's look at game number four. It's your Detroit Pistons taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Did they win? No. But the Cavs got 110 points, and the Pistons got 101 with yet another lineup change. For the Cavs, no Karis Levert. All right. So that would you would think that Craig Porter might get a run. Nah, four minutes for Porter. So that dream is completely dead. Isaac Okoro played 33 minutes. Nine and six with four assists and four steals. We don't care. We don't add. We don't stream. Maxi Struess, one of the biggest surprises of the season. If Jordan Poole's been the biggest letdown in the other direction, Struess putting up these numbers has been one of the biggest things where I go, really? What? What's this? How's he doing it? Well, he keeps doing it. 22, five and five with four threes on elite shooting. Garland and Mitchell both struggled with their shot. 22-2-5 with three steals for Garlow on 39%. Only two turnovers for those of you keeping score at home. And Don Mitchell had 20-3 with four assists, but four turnovers on 37%. Mobley, just the five shot attempts, a very, very subpar performance from him. Well, Allen had 19 and 11, and there's not much else going on there. But let's talk about the Pistons. Last game, remember, direct. I, I, I can't tell you my words exactly. If I was smart enough, I would have gone in, found the video, clipped it out, and put it back on here. And I said... We don't have to drop Asar Thompson and Jaden Ivey after moving to the bench one game because that one game alignment of the or changing the lineup doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen rest of season because we've literally seen them change it from last game. It could easily change back. Let's just give it a little bit of time and see. And Jaden Ivey was back starting today. So what do we do? He played 29 minutes and had seven shots. He had seven, two, and one in what is obviously a putrid line. Someone put a stat up. I don't know what... I wish I could find it. It was like Isaiah Stewart's attempted 18 threes in the last three games and Jaden Ivey's attempted 14 shots combined or something, which is, again, clearly ridiculous. But the fact that Ivey went back to starting here is interesting enough for me to hold. Now, Asar Thompson didn't. He had four and seven in 16 minutes with no defensive stats, and he has really plummeted. But we've got an opportunity to be patient. Now, you can chase the streams in the in-season tournament week. But you can also just wait to see what happens. Who's to say that the lineup doesn't change again next game for the Pistons? Or the game after? Or the game after? We don't know. I'd like to give it just a little bit more time. As for Stewart, 30 minutes, 11 and 7, 5 assists and 2 steals with Boyan Bogdanovich back. There is, it just can't stick. Surely it can't. I'm not adding Stewart. But as for Boyan, 27 minutes in his first game back and he did the most Boyan thing he could do. 22, 2 and 2. Thanks, Richie. He's a points guy. He hit some threes. He got to the line six times, which is great. Surely he has to be starting at the expense of Stewart in the next game. But we would suggest that given the way this team operates, that he might not. But obviously, Boyan's a must-roster player. What we have to talk about is what the hell is going on with Killian Hayes here? 33 minutes, 16 and th- uh, 13 and 6, three assists, two steals, and a block. That's a 12-team guy. Now, somebody is going to move to the bench, I'm guessing, if Boyan starts. Is it Hayes? Is it Ivy? Is it Stewart? Could be any of them. There's no guarantee. Hayes was down to like 15 minutes a night a week ago. 
and now he's playing 33, putting up good numbers. That's undoubtedly a 12-team league player, those numbers. But I don't, how much faith do I have in this? Do I really believe Asar's going to play 16 a night and Hayes is going to play 33? Well, if it was any other team, I wouldn't. But it is this team, so who knows? You've got an opportunity this week to sit on it and wait and see what happens. Um, what else have we got to talk about? Alec Burks out of the rotation. Didn't say that coming. Um, Duran struggled a little bit. 17 and 12 with two blocks, but perfect from the field. One of six from the line stinks. If people are a little bit worried about him, which I've heard some people are, I would 100% buy low on it. If people are looking to drop or just really you're debating his value, I would 100% buy low. But I've buried the lead a little bit here because Cade Cunningham put up a great performance. Is that because Boyan is back? Oh, I don't know. Is it because they made a bit of a lineup change that helped a little bit? Maybe. 23, 8, 11, two steals, three threes. 27 usage, 20 shot attempts, four or four from the line. That, that's a third round to second round player. He's actually been in minus one rankings this season, despite your protestations about how terrible he's been. Like the 39th best player. He's playing better. I'm not saying he's playing well. He's playing better and it continues to improve. That's why like, I'm very um, cautious about writing things off or jumping on successes when we're 10% into the season, 15% into the season. Because shit changes really quickly. So did Cade look really bad early on? Sure. Does it look like absolutely fine at the moment? Yes. Does Jordan Poole still look really bad? Yes. Could it change? Maybe, but probably not. Did Asar Thompson look like a great pick early in the season? Yes. How's it look now? Yeah, not so good. Things can change a lot. And we have to sort of reserve a little bit of judgment, have a little bit of patience on a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, but they lost again, the dickheads. So let's, uh, let's move on to the, to the next one. Oh, no, no, let's not quite do that. Because let's tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The weather is not cold here, but it is for you suckers. It is roasting. Well, it's not roasting. It's pretty warm over here at the moment, but don't worry. You haven't got me to keep you warm, but you've got the offers from FanDuel to get you hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. I'm sure all of those words that I said would have sounded a lot nicer if I was perhaps presenting um, with a different gender. You know, just out there with my nice little makeup, my eyelashes flittering at you, telling you how hot I'm going to make you with this FanDuel offer to get $150 on a bonus bets with a $5 money line. I don't know what I'm doing. I've had a beer, but that's fine because the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, totals. It's all there. So on FanDuel. $5 money line bet. Bang. If it hits, you get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed. So go to fanjul.com slash locked on and get ready for the NBA's in-season tournament knockout stage. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. What should we do? We should do the next one. It is the New Orleans Pelicans going down to my juggernaut Chicago Bulls. 124-118. The Bulls 2-0 without Levine. Coincidence? Who's to say? Me. Um, the Bulls love acquiring players and putting them together who are just not winning players. And maybe moving one of those guys out of the lineup helps. Now, what we talked about at length yesterday in the streaming show was that the Pelicans are going to be without a bunch of guys for Saturday's game. So some of those streams that you might have had, some of those injury fill-ins would get their value back up. Interestingly, Zion played the back-to-back. That's That's good. But we did get more minutes for Jordan Hawkins. We did get more minutes for Dyson Daniels. Unfortunately, they just shit the bed. Daniels played 22 minutes and had 7-2-2 two two starting with CJ out. 
Hawkins played 25 minutes, 10 points and two threes with nothing else. They play, they play again on Monday. In-season tournament. And we are going to have McCullum and Trey Murphy back in the lineup for that game. So there is a legitimate chance that Hawkins plays zero minutes or Daniels plays zero minutes or they both play 15. That is what's going to be really hard about determining these stream options in the in-season tournament. But who else is available on this team? Like, I don't feel super good about getting Najee Marshall to stream in on Monday. So if I've got Daniels or Hawkins, I'd hold them because getting 15 minutes out of a roster spot is better than getting zero minutes, which is what you would do if you have one of those fringe players, Killian Hayes, on the Pistons. Or you can say, well, I'm just not going to bother streaming for the week. I'm going to hold for future weeks, which is a different way of approaching it. 36 minutes for Herbert Jones, 17 and 7, three steals and a block, really good. And 9 of 10 from the Lions, amazing. What the, where's, where's this coming from from Herb? We still need to see how everything shakes out with this team. How does usage go? One game with CJ back, uh, Brandon Ingram never shot. The second game with CJ back, Zion Williamson didn't shoot. How does Trey Murphy fit in? We haven't seen it. It might be a little bit up and down the way the, the um, Clippers have been with their big guys or their big name players all trying to figure out how to distribute the shots. Ingram had 23, 6, and 6 and actually got three steals, which is amazing. While Zion, 15 shot attempts, 67%, 27, 5, and 3, and another good free throw night. Hmm. Is that coming around? That's very interesting. What I am really intrigued with, last season, they just would not play Valanciunas minutes. When Zion was there, they wouldn't play him together. JV played 36 minutes. We've got to, we've got to just change our minds on it now. I think we sort of did two, three weeks ago, but it's official now. He's going to get 32 a night, I think. 15 and 10 with two threes, and I was clearly wrong on that. I thought he was a good pick in round 10 to be the last of the strong rebounders, but I didn't think they'd be pumping 33 into him. Just didn't think it would happen, but it's happened. There you go. Good numbers. So, Daniels, Hawkins, stream for Monday might not work out, but they're very clear drops as soon as the in-season tournament is over for the Pelicans. They are very clear drops, and they're straight streaming back in later. But what about my man, Cobert White? 40 minutes, 31, 9, and 6 with 8 threes. 59% shooting. Is he loving the fact that Zach Levine is out? Yes. Is he doing it on outrageous shooting? A little bit. I think he's at 46% from three over the last 10 games. It was five games. But it's not like usage was too high, 24%. But he is rolling. 34th ranked player over the last two weeks, and that's not even minus one. If you need me to tell you what to do, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what I need to say. He's a must-roster player, and I have banged and banged and banged giggity on this all season that I really do value holding on to a starting point guard with 30-minute upside, with usage scoring and assist upside, and good free throws that White brings. And while it looked grim at times, having a little bit of patience can sometimes work out. Now, this is undoubtedly going to drop back. I'm not fooling myself. It's clearly going to drop back. But it's good to see it actually happen. It's not hypothetical. It's happening. DeRozan was pretty good. 40 minutes, 24, 5, and 10. That's better than pretty good. That's, that's strong. What I am a bit worried with DeRozan this season are two things. Free throw attempt rate and free throw percentage. Now, he hit both of his free throws, but he only took two of them. And that's one of the big strengths that he's had in his game. Well, Vooch flashed some good stuff last game, and then DeRozan came back, and he had six points on 12 shots. The three blocks are nice. The 33 minutes are okay. Seven rebounds, four assists. He's 89th over the last two weeks. He has been worse than I anticipated. He does still have room to improve, but I'm not super confident in it. I do think that we want Pat Williams on a roster. Again, we are not going to use him in a lot of cases next week, but 29 minutes, 14 and 4, two steals, two blocks, and of course, Alex Caruso's toe fell off again. 
we know the story with Caruso. This man cannot stay healthy. He can't. It's impossible. You want to talk injury-prone players, and you know I push back against that narrative often because it's unfairly placed. It's not here. This is just, it's unsolvable. This is what, he cannot do it. It is impossible for him to do it. His body cannot handle it. And I feel, I, 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 and I am the last person to call anybody injury prone. This is the man. He cannot stay healthy. So drop him. Um, big minutes from Desumu. Nice deeper league guy, but again, you're sitting on him for the week. 15 points, they're in 33 minutes, but Levine will nuke a lot of his value if he returns. I think he will return. I don't think he's going to be traded at any point soon. The Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat. The Pacers, without Torres Halliburton, just casually drop 144 on the Heat. Halliburton system player. They did it because Timothy John McConnell is one of the best fill-in point guards in the NBA. 20 points, 11 assists, 91% shooting. That's that's ludicrous. TJ's one of those guys, I don't know if I still have him, but in one of the leagues that I was in with extended benches, I grabbed him because I was like, I've got extended bench, I don't have to use him, but if Halliburton goes down, I can easily just slot him in. And... I got the feeling I might have dropped him like an absolute dickwad. I did. Wowee, that is putrid for me. I should have held him. Should have held him because that was a big game from Timothy John today. Well, Nempard started, got 11 assists, also shot 11% from the field. Remember, this team plays on Monday. So TJ may not play. Like if Halliburton's there, TJ might not play. But Nempard will. And then we've got a lot of options because Obert Toppin played 35 minutes. 24 with four blocks and four threes. This man, I don't think, had contested four shots before today and shot 88%. Now, he did have an ankle problem, so watch that, but an excellent stream for Monday. Neesmith, 29 minutes, 20 points, four threes, 78% shooting, an excellent stream for Monday. Buddy Heald, even though this is a bad game, under no circumstances do you drop him. Seven points with two steals. Ben Matherin, if he's available, add him. It's streamable for the in-season tournament. 16 points in 25 minutes with four assists. And then Miles Turner had 17 and 10, and Isaiah Jackson just eight minutes. And that is something to watch because Jackson wasn't in foul trouble. Toppin got back up center minutes. So that is a significant boost for Toppin. If he wasn't hurt, I think he was the top name on my stream target list for next week anyway. If he wasn't hurt, we'd be grabbing him easily because he plays on Monday, and if they somehow win, he plays again on Thursday. And with no Jalen Smith, he's got a massive opportunity here. For the Heat, there was no Bam Adebayo. There's still no Tyler Hero. So they did it. I have made jokes and I was going to call them skits. It's not really a skit if it's just me talking shit into a microphone. Or is it? Maybe it is. About the heat and the discussions of Spolster with Thomas Bryant. But they realized Thomas Bryant is actually bad. So in a game with no Bam out of bio, despite this man starting every game Bam had missed and then starting the second half last game that Bam was out, Tom Bryant played zero because he is bad. They started Orlando Robinson because he is, I won't say good, but he's all right. 16, 5, and 3 with two threes on 64% shooting. And I would say that's not a bad temporary ad. But I don't think A, Bam is out long-term. B, they don't play until Wednesday. C, they play on shit days for the week. So I don't think that's worth it. Good Jimmy Butler game, 33 and 5. Well, Joshie Richardson had 16, 2, and 3, which is strong. But again, is he worth a hold? Probably not. Jaime Hakez finally had a stinker, 11, 3, and 3 with two steals in 29 minutes. He probably is worth a hold, especially with Hayward Highsmith going down. Not that I think Hakez uh, plays a lot of the forks, he doesn't, but he could. But what the guy I would look at there is Caleb Martin, who got 35 minutes. Now, I do not believe that Caleb is a must-roster player. If you add Caleb Martin with Highsmith in doubt here and bam injured, you're going to have to sit on zeros because you probably won't use him Wednesday. Like, is, it, is that worth it for a week and a half's time? Probably not, but he's on our radar. 
Well, Kevin Love had 14-1-5 in 19 minutes. Lowry just sort of plotted along. We just keep rolling. But look, Hero could be back literally next week. That, that could distinctly, it's distinctly possible. So just all that stuff could go completely out the window. And Bam could return as well. The next game is the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Really good to see both Trey Young and DeJounte Murray put up a big game at the same time. We just do not get that very often. Trey had 32-2-12 with two steals. DeJounte had 30-2 with three assists and two steals. Good games from both of them. What we also got was Clint Capella and Nyekara Kongwu sharing the floor. 30 minutes for Clint, 10-17 and 17 with three blocks and a weird 31%. We also got a Kongwu playing 27 minutes. That's like about almost 10 minutes of crossover. The problem here is that Okongwu thought he was playing for the Knicks and had a 7% usage, 8% usage. I'll use the joke twice. I don't care. I don't care. I'll just keep doing it. 5, 4, and 3, and no defensive stats. And this guy is a gigantic, absolutely massive buy low. For the season, he's like 137th. But that is weighed down by being 188th over the last two weeks because where are the defensive stats? They are gone. Look at his numbers the last three months of last season when Quinn Snyder came over, put his system in. Unbelievable. He blocked like two shots in 19 minutes. Now he's lucky to get two shots in a week. We know these are low-volume stats. We know they are subject to significant volatility. There is a real chance that he goes on an insane heater. And the minutes are trending up, which is probably the thing that I was most concerned about. I would hold a Kongwu. I get your frustration. Playing the long game can be difficult. But I just don't believe that he is this poor of a defensive stat guy. Sadiq Bey, I think, again, showed that he probably is the guy over DeAndre Hunter. 17-9 and nine with four threes. Now, he only had 9.5 usage, so 71% shooting. But he just does more than Hunter, who had an absolutely Hunter game of 12-1-0. and zero. That's what he does. He didn't hit a three, shot 30%, but had two steals. Cool for you. We still prioritize Bogdanovich, Bay, Hunter for 12-team leagues. They don't play until Wednesday, 11 games on. But I think that Bogdanovich and Bay probably worth holding. But if Bay's your worst player, I'd drop him in streaming guys on the Monday, Tuesday. Uh, the Bucks, Yanni, 32, 11, and 10. 70 from the field and 80 from the line. Can't ask for much more than that. Damian Lillard, 25, 6, and 9, 63 from the field. Can't ask for more than that either. But what about Leaky Beasley? This guy is on one of the biggest runs we've ever seen from the man. 39 minutes, 16 and 4, 3 assists, 4 threes, got a steal, 55%. It is going to come crashing down, I'm guessing, for this guy at some point, And he's going to average 4 points on 10% shooting for 10 weeks. Obviously, a level of exaggeration. Comedic license, some may say, for Malik Beasley's production. But we roll with him, we add him, we use him. Tuesday, IST game. Same with Bob Portis, who was fine. 15-11 in 23 minutes, but we roll with him for the IST. And Brook Lopez, the scoring, remember there's that two games he scored like 60 combined points? Uh, 11 in this one. The four blocks is nice, but the efficiency fell back off. And he's starting to level out a little bit after that insane top two run for two weeks. What else going on there? Middleton, 12-5. and five. I, I expect we get more minutes for him in the in-season tournament, but we'll find out. Or Cammy Payne, maybe a streamer for, for Tuesday, but I doubt he plays 20 minutes. 18-3-2 with two triples on 64% for Cameron which would be great. If he got 20 minutes tonight, we would absolutely use him in the uh, in the Week 7 stream section, but he hadn't been playing like that really at all during the season, so a little bit uh, fluky, I think, there. Next up, we've got the Phoenix Suns hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. The Suns win at 116-109. I just I don't know what to do with the Grizzlies because what a VCU legend Vince Williams Jr. popped off again. He's a two-way contract player who was on a two-way last season. He had 30 minutes, 12 and 6. Only took five shots, but racked them up. 
They don't play until Wednesday when you're not going to use Vince Williams. They had no Marcus Smart, no Derek Rose, who'll be back next game, no Zaya Williams, no LaRavia, no Canard, no Jar. By the way, Jar, six games to go for his suspension. So it seems like a long time in terms of dates, six games. So be, just be aware that if someone idiotically drops him, you're going at him. So I just don't, I don't know what to make of it. <clears throat> Santiago Dama off the bench, 31 minutes. Seven and seven with three steals. Is that good enough to hold? No. David Roddy, eight and six in 30 minutes. Is that a 12-team league? Absolutely not. Biombo, 17 minutes. While Xavier Tillman played 12. What do I make of that? Nothing. You can drop both of those guys in 12-team leagues and we just reassess stuff as we move forward. Jaron, 37 and nine with two threes, a steal and a block. Hello. Nine of 10 from the line. That's exciting. That keeps me warm in winter. And Desi Bain had 27-3-5 and five with two steals. Good games all around. But this team continues to be confusing. Like, very confusing. Jalen Noel started a point guard. Yeah, remember him? He's on this team. He started. He played 35 minutes and had eight points on 12 shots. That's what Jalen Noel does. We do not add him either. I would not bother holding Roddy, Biombo, Tillman, Rose, Aldama, and I wouldn't add Vince Williams in 12-team leagues with this week coming up in particular. Wouldn't bother. For the Suns, Booker played 37 minutes. Great sign for Tuesday. 34-10-7. Durant, 27-2-5. Good numbers for those guys. And Nurkic continued it. Continued going. 14-9, two steals and a block. Now, it's a very obvious sell high. Really obvious. One of the most obvious ones you can see. Because nobody believes in Yusuf Nurkic. Nobody is giving you a top 50 player. And if they do, congratulations to them. Like, what are they doing? So, why would I trade him? What is the best I'm going to get? A top 90 player? Maybe? Like, I'm just not. Maybe that would give me... Maybe I should go and have a look at the old trade market on Yahoo, which always puts up some insane um, trades that have gone down. But let's see what people who aren't cheating have actually managed to uh, pull off, giggity, with Yusuf Nurkic and deals. I'm just doubtful that anything's happened. But we'll find out. it has been four trades, apparently, in the last day. Ah, oh, come on. There's no... There is... Okay, well, this is interesting because the two one-for-one player trades here for Nurkic, straight up for Jamal Murray, insane, you've lost your mind. And the second one, straight up for Brandon Ingram. And I don't know what's going on. All right, all right, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe apparently you can trade him for anybody. All right, there you go. If you can get Jamal Murray and Brandon Ingram, pull the trigger. Um, Grayson Allen, very good stream, but it's for Tuesday, remember? Eric Gordon, the same thing who didn't play in this one, but he'll be fine next game, I imagine. Nine points for Allen, and Akogi started with uh, Gordon out. He had three steals and a block. Not much else going on there. Eubanks is a solid enough streamer. Goodwin, I'm not sure how much he plays, but then you get down to the Watanabes and the Bates-Diops. But I would look at Eubanks and Allen and Gordon as my priority Tuesday streamers from them, and then we step back a little bit to Josh Akogi. The Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks. The Thunder 126, the Mavericks 120. Shea, 39 minutes. Low usage game, really low usage. Step back and let um, Jalen Williams cook. Shea played 39 minutes, 17, 3, and 9, 5 steals and a block. Not great from the line, 3 of 4. And Chet had 11, 11 with 5 blocks, 40% from the field and 75 from the line. We're seeing Chet start to pull back a little bit now, which was to be expected. Jalen Williams still not getting the steals, but doesn't really matter. He had 30 minutes, 23, 5, and 5, starting to get better as well. Dort had 10-5-3, and 3, 31%. That's a standard Dort game, not a 12-team guy. And we are getting very, very clearly to the stage where Josh Giddy isn't either. We said me and Adam Stock 
as someone very cleverly called him, Adam Steele and Block, <laughs> in the mailbag show the other day, that in a 10-team league, we're more than happy moving on from Giddy. Absolutely nothing to do with this investigation, where there keeps seeming to be little bits and pieces of information coming out that don't actually clear up anything for me. I still don't believe he's going to be suspended or charged, but I don't know. But it's not that. It's his form. It's not there. They bench him without any problems at all. They went with Kaysan Wallace and Isaiah Joe. 10 and 3 for Giddy in 17 minutes. He is 205 over the last two weeks, and I'm guessing some of that is the stress of this shit coming out. But he also hasn't just been playing well. If you wanted, if you're in a situation where you go, man, I am struggling. He is my worst player. I am mid-pack, maybe on the edge of the playoffs. I really need to stream to get a win in week seven. You might have to do it. I, As a general rule, in a 12, I would be, just hold on. In a 10, no problem. But I can see scenarios where dropping him in a 12 might have to be done. Um, For the Mavericks, no Kyrie, no Hardaway, no Exum, no Kleber, no Green. So Luca played 46 minutes, settle down. 36, 15, and 18, two steals, two blocks, 50 from the field. A brutal 64% from the line on 14 attempts, which hurts, but fantastic. But what about Derek Lively? You know I have banged on and on about having him on a roster. 39 minutes, 20 and 16, 7 blocks, 100%. Please have him on a roster. I know they don't play an in-season tournament game next week. He's one of those ones where I don't care. He should be rostered. Sacrifice the week if you need to hold him. He won't be like this every night, but that's amazing. That's upside we didn't really think was coming. 24 points for Derek Jones in 33 minutes. It has been a relatively common theme this season. Kyrie out, Derek Jones up. Did it again. 24 points with six threes. And Grant Williams did nothing. Five points in 27 minutes. And there's a lot of nonsense. There's a bloke by the name of AJ Lawson who had 12 points in 19 minutes. We had three minutes of Dexter Dennis. You want to do a who he play for? That would be one of the best ever. Olivier Maxence Prosper. Remember, him started the first preseason game. I haven't seen a single second of him, I don't think. He played 14 minutes for two threes. So they lost. They kept it close enough. But Doncic and Lively were hard carrying. So it was Derek Jones. Seth Curry had 12 points in 19 minutes. But with Irving, Hardaway, Green, Exum, Kleber all out, it's hard to fully um, you know, get an idea of how that all is uh, likely to shake out as we move forward. But Lively, yeah, we roster him. Let's do the next one. It is an overtime classic. Northwest Division rival legends, the Blazers and the Jazz. 118 Utah, 113 Portland. Sterling Henderson, 21 minutes off the bench. The role continues to be frustrating. People will drop him. I would add him. He hasn't been dropped in my leagues, but if he was, I would add him. 17, 5, and 3, 40%. That's not ideal, but he had 40 usage. Brogdon will not last. 38 minutes for Brogo, 25, 3, and 6, 2 steals, 1 block. The ultimate sell high. Let's do Yahoo trade market. Any idiots sending out good stuff for Brogdon? Got a Brandon Ingram up your sleeve you want to send out? Let's have a look. Malcolm Brogo Brogdon. Two trades in the last day. Okay. Brogdon for Andrew Wiggins. I'd just rather have Brogdon. Okay. So this illuminates nothing. And then Brogdon and Drew Holiday for Jalen Bronson. Well, that's a very, very clear win to the Bronson side. So yeah, you're not getting shit for Malcolm Brogdon in a trade. Good game from Shaden Sharp, 25, 5, and 4 with two steals, while Kamara played 30 minutes, had four steals and a block. We know we can't rely upon that. Quick DeAndre Aiden free throw check. He took two of them. 10 and 11 in 35 minutes continues to be frustrating. Well, Jeremy Grant copped a whack in the head and was taken off for concussion assessment. You would think there's a risk that he misses, but they don't play until Wednesday. 
you might look at his field goal percentage and say, was he actually playing with a concussion beforehand? Because he shot 11%. Nine and three with not much else. That's a bad Jeremy Grant game. But that enabled more for Kamara, more for Jabari Walker. If Grant is out, obviously a shit week. You can't really stream in. But we will be looking at Walker and Kamara as options there. Really solid game from John Collins. I've been probably a little bit harsh on Collins, saying he hasn't really been that good. He's been like mid or below mid BM. But 35 minutes, 17, 9 with three boxes, pretty strong. They continue to go with the Omer Yurtseven starting experience, and I don't know why. But I will say this. He played all right. 9 and 15 in 27 minutes, and that is getting close to the stage where I go, hmm, maybe I do consider him in 12s. I don't because it's shit week and they're not playing. But if this is still going at the end of next week, if Friday's game comes and Yurtseven starts again, I'll add him. I'll have a go at it. I'll see what happens. Like a drop for Biombo, easy. Uh, Kessler, 12-8 and eight with two blocks, continues to be sat behind Yurtseven. While with no marking and Simone Fontecchio had 7-5-5 five and five with two, two blocks, is an okay stream. Not a bad game from Keontae George if you look at the first bit of the box score. In fact, it's really good. 21-6-6, six and six, that's strong. But no steals, no blocks. 41 from the field and 6-10 of 10 from the line, which hurts. The 10 free throw attempts is stellar. It's a bellissimo. But the other shit, like not hitting him, is really, really problematic. I would hold. We got to see, finally, Taylor Hendricks. 18 minutes for Taylor with Market and Clarkson and Alinek out. Five and two with two blocks. An absolutely gigantic dynasty by low. I think he has got sky-high fantasy potential. It just is going to take time. I think the other guy, though, might have higher potential, and that's Bryce Sensible, even higher than Keontae George, who's still in the G League. Sensible is. We just, are we ever going to see him? I don't know. Did I forget to talk about Colin Sexton? Yes. So let's do it now. 30 minutes, 25, 4, and 5. 69% shooting. Super efficient. Big usage. Good minutes. As soon as Clarkson comes back, he does nothing. So don't get too excited, I wouldn't have thought, um, about that level of performance. Right, the second last game of the day, the Denver Nuggets against the Sacramento Kings. The Kings with a good victory here at home, 123-117 for Denver. Aaron Gordon returned and much better than before he was hurt, 17-7, while Jokic dropped a casual 36-13-14 triple-double with two steals and a block. With Jamal Murray out with the ankle again, came back for one, one game, hurt himself in the first two minutes, ended up playing 22 minutes, now missed two in a row. So Reggie Jackson is back on the menu, boys, but will you use him Wednesday, Friday? If the answer is no, then don't do it. Use it to stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Reggie had 20 points with eight assists, which is obviously good, but it's not a long-term solution. Brown had 11 points in 17, while Michael Ponder had 13 and eight, and KCP, the four steals are nice. That's how I view him. Steal specialist, not must roster. Probably should roster, but not absolutely a must, and there's really not much else going on there. With Gordo back, Justin Holiday moved to the bench and had zero points in 12 minutes. For the Kings... Jaron Fox had some efficiency issues early, but in the end was fantastic. 26, 4, and 16 with three steals and a block. 46 from the field and 75 from the line. When I talk about Fox, you know that I talk about, what's these shooting numbers? How are they going to stick? What I look with this and go, that is 100% reasonable for him to do all of this. Probably not 16 assists and three steals, but in terms of the scoring, the minutes, the usage, the efficiency, that's all realistic. So great. Malik Monk, 26, 3, and 4, 4 threes, 28 minutes. This guy is good. He should be rostered. They play Monday. If he is on your wire, rectify it literally immediately. Kevin Herter should be rostered for the tournament. I don't believe he's must after that, but 16 and 6 with four threes, while Sabonis had 17, 15, and 7 with another weird low field goal game. He's had a few of those. Keegan Murray returned. Didn't play that well, but we hold him minus 16 in 23 minutes, 8 and 5, and Harrison Barnes 11 and 3. Barnes is not a must roster player, but he is now. 
because we hold for Monday and we see what they do. They win, they play Thursday, you use him. But he's not otherwise. A little worried about that Murray performance. He has not been good this season at all. But with Murray back, Vizenkov will return to a lower role, four points in 14 minutes. And Trey Lyles had seven and four. We can still use Lyles for the value, though, of having him on Monday and playing and getting 20 minutes. Javal McGee had three blocks in his 12. That's actually useful, too. Will he play in Monday? Maybe he gets like six minutes, seven minutes. Maybe he gets two blocks. Maybe that's enough. Maybe it's not. And now we finally get to the final game of the day. The Lakers beat the Rockets 107-97, the final score. It looks a little bit closer than it was. There was some garbage time towards the end. Shengun played 34 minutes, 21-13 and 5, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Took a ton of shots, which is great. Just didn't hit them. 32%, 25 attempts. Um, Jabari Smith continuing to play pretty well. Low usage, but 10-9, and 9, 3 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. Top 50 player. Over the last two weeks, really rolling after a slow start, clear must roster. Jalen Green, who was great last time with Van Vliet out, went back to the old Jalen Green, 10-7-2 and on 27%. I think we still do hold him in 12-team leagues, but obviously it's been very rough. And Van Vliet had 22-5-7. and Unfortunately, I don't think the defensive stats are coming back to the same level in Toronto. I'm very confident of that. Uh, Dylan Brooks had 10 points in 33. We don't really care there. While Aaron Holiday, 11 points in 14 minutes is the backup. Not much else going on, I think, with the Rockets. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, really. Oh, Tari Eason had 6 and 7 in 20 minutes, but I reckon 20 minutes is about his limit for now. For the Lakers, Davis. Did have a bit of a problem early in the game, but it didn't obviously matter. 37 minutes, 27, 14, 5 blocks. Great game. LeBron was not at his best. 16, 4, and 7 on 41% shooting and 40 from the line. That's hurtful. LeBron, do better. Jared Vanderbilt Bar, he's back. Don't add him as a must-roster 12-team league player because he isn't, but they play Tuesday. So getting a functional rotation player for Tuesday is important. That's the only reason I would consider him a 12-team league guy. D'Angelo Russell, nine points only, but seven assists and five steals, while Reeves had 18 and four with three steals, and Max Christie played 29 minutes. It's a lot of bloody Max Christie, mate. Um, 12 and seven, and Prince had 11 and six. So could we stream Christie? I still prefer Prince and Reddish, but there's a lot of mess in that rotation. Reddish started, had 11 and 5. Why they continue to limit Reeves, I don't really get it. I don't. Like, why are we giving more minutes to Christie and uh, Reddish over Reeves? I don't understand that. But it is happening. Rui Hachimura was allegedly available to play, but did not. Watch that one. Because Christian Wood got 11 minutes. He did nothing with it. Shout out, revenge game. He had one point and two rebounds. Another revenge game legend there, Christian Wood. Yeah, I'm going to make him pay. Um, but I would think there's a chance that Rui is in the rotation for the game Tuesday. So there are quite a lot of stream guys there. But trying to figure it out is tough. Prince, yeah, ready, sure. Christie, I doubt it. Vanderbilt, maybe. There's a lot of options. But you have to wait until Tuesday to do it. None of them are good enough to hold long-term. You're not the guys, well, I just get the bonus of having them on Tuesday. All you'd be strictly using them for is potentially a two-game quality week. I think you just got to sort of wait and see how it shakes out because I don't really get a big indication of how all of this plays out. It's a little frustrating. I, I'm not going to do the lines of the night. I said I'd just try to whip this together as quickly as possible, but I'll tell you who it was. The monstrous was Luca. The waiver wire line of the night was Derek Lively. Your young gun of the night is Derek Lively. And your dud of the night, if I just quickly look down the list. Um, Aneka Okongwu. There you go. Five, four, and three. That's your lines of the night. But I, what I will do is I will give you an industry pickup 
update. I haven't, or and and my all my fan tracks leagues. We'll have a look at all of them. I haven't actually looked across at all of them now. So let's um, let's bring it across. All right, let's bring that uh, industry pick up. I was against Mike uh, Mike Catron, seven two. The run continues. Yes. So I am firmly on top of the standings. 38 and 16 there with a 70 win percentage. That's huge. I'm flying at the moment. Loving it. Hopefully, it's able to stick. The rest of the scoring, um, I beat Mike 7-2. Drew Dinkmeyer beat Barutha 5-3-1. B-Dub beat Kingy 6-3. Mike Barner beat Noel Rubin 6-3. Mitch Casey beat Rhett Bauer 5-4. And Alex Rucleen beat Dan Titus 6-2-1. Next week's going to be interesting because I don't think we're going to hit 40 games. So that's going to be an interesting, um, interesting endeavor. Let's look at the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl um, scoring update for this week. How did I go? If it eventually... There we go. I 5-4 over Rap and 6-3 over Ain't No Jokic. Cool. Um, my World Cup team. How did I go in that one? Oh, lost 5-4 to Fudge Pusher. Good name. Um, and then my Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl points league. One of those guys put up unbelievably high scoring. I know that much in the points league matchup. Let's have a look. I beat Tiger Sharks, yes, and the biggest bird just dropped almost 1,600 points on me. There's got to be no one bigger than that. That's one of the biggest scores of the week ever. That's, un- that's an unbelievable score. Or well, something like 1,575. Well, it's still not as big. So I went up against, I think, the biggest score of the week, and he knocked me out. That's fine. We had uh, a pretty good result there overall, but uh, really going well in the industry pickup at the moment, so I'm happy with how that is, um, that is all shaking out. And that is the end of a impromptu Saturday recap. No games tomorrow. I will still have some shows. Small amount. Waverwise show. And I'm not even sure we'll do a daily look ahead show considering the weirdness of the schedule. But we'll see. We'll definitely have a Waverwise show tomorrow. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, No, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up. We're almost at 70,800 to go. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.